Hi, Joey. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. And I have wine over here. If anybody wants wine, just pick your hand up and we'll pass the wine around. Okay, now, Joey. Okay. So I'm going to try and speak at a sustainable... Thank you, because I can't speak like that. I'm going to try and speak at a sustainable volume. Is this loud enough? Yeah. On a certain level? Okay, but stay there. Is it too loud? Okay. So first off, we open up just as the host opens up. So Chazal said, you want to follow through with the action of the host. If the host opens up their home, when you speak in the host's home, you also open up for them. But the will of a person is their honor. And Ushi doesn't want me to talk about him, but none of this would be possible without Ushi. So thank you, Ushi, and thank you to Zrabitzin. And thank you, everybody. And thank you to everybody who came out. Um, so, Berishos, everybody, but in particular, Berishos, my father and my friends. Ushi and I were discussing how it's funny that every time I speak, I start off, or I begin with the introduction, that this is not going to be a Yantif series, that we're not going to continue having Shirim dedicated to a particular Yantif. But Kahava, that every Shir that we give, is associated with the Yantif that's burgeoning and coming. Because on a certain level, other than the fact that it's good Choymer Lidrush, it's something to talk about, what I was thinking about, especially when it comes to Hanukkah, is that the Yomim Tovim that we have are, are Chayas, it's how we survive. And so no matter what Yantif is coming along, the next Yantif is the only thing that a person can really place their hope in. And when it comes to Hanukkah, even though we're not by Hanukkah yet, it's impossible not to talk about Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah is the gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given to the Jewish people that has allowed us to survive exile. The Chedushe Harim writes in numerous places and his grandson who was raised as his son after his father passed away, the Svasemes brings this down hundreds of times throughout his writings, that there are two kochos, there are two strengths that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us in order to survive in exile. There's the voice that continues to wake us up, which is Kriyas Megillah, and there's the light that gets turned on to wake us up, which is the Neiros Hanukkah. But it's particularly strong when it comes to Neiros Hanukkah because as Chazal tell us, the proper way of accomplishing this mitzvah is lighting by Pesach Abayas, at the opening of the home. Now Chazal didn't want us to remember the Neiros Hanukkah as we were entering into our home. Chazal wanted us to have the Neiros Hanukkah there for us as we left our home. That as we leave our home, as we leave the comfort of being the Jewish people on a Jewish land, in the Jewish space with Jewish activity, we need to figure out how to survive in the dark, cold, and oftentimes miserable exile. And it's the lights of Hanukkah, that candle that burns brightly as a person leaves their home, on the left side of the door with the mezuzah on the other side, reminding us that no matter how far you leave from the threshold of your comfort in your Rishus Hayachid, there is always a light that will be directing you to connect back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what I want to talk about tonight on a certain level is almost counterintuitive. That when we think about Hanukkah, when we think about the menorah, we think about light. We think about or. We think about the illumination that comes from the candles of the Neros Hanukkah. But what I want to talk about tonight, and this is the title of the shir, is the darkness of Hanukkah. The Choshech of Hanukkah. But it's a choshech that our holy books have taught us that it's a choshech that is even brighter than light. It's a darkness that somehow, some way, beyond our rational comprehension, 
allows us to connect to Hashem in an even deeper way than being in an illuminated state. And to begin with, like the Maharal teaches us so often, in particular in his Sefer Netzach Yisrael on Golis and Geula, which he wrote on Tishabav about Tishabav, that it's impossible to understand the purpose of something or the process of something without understanding the impediments to that process, without understanding the opposition to that process. And if we want to try and understand the light that comes out of the great darkness of Hanukkah, we have to understand what our enemies wanted to do to us on Hanukkah. That may from our enemies we shall learn the proper way of Avedas Hashem. And when we look at Chazal's interpretation of Yavan, Yavan which is archetypal in its pattern with regards to the four general kingdoms which are going to have B'nai Yisrael in their grasp. The four Galiuses, the four exiles, Bavel, Paras and Madai, Yavan and Edom. And Edom is associated with Yishmael as well, and we're not going to get into that. Amir Tzashem, it'll be for another shir. But when Chazal wanted to try and understand the Torah source of these exiles, now parenthetically, what Chazal do for us there is already something so fundamental to our consciousness. When Chazal see exile, when Chazal see the four kingdoms that are fighting against us, it's not enough for them to lay it at the steps of political or historical unrest, but Chazal have to find it in the Torah. Chazal say, if the Jewish people are suffering this way, it must be rooted in the Torah because nothing is not rooted in the Torah, especially the suffering that the Jewish people go to. So a person might think that maybe you'll find this at the end of Parshas Vayikra where we begin to engage with the Chatayim of Bnei Israel, or after some great sin or after Chet HaEgel, maybe Hashem would show us about the exile. But what Chazal has shown us is something so profound. It's the second Pasuk of the Torah which becomes the paradigm for our understanding of the four exiles. That after Hashem creates the world, everything is pristine in its infinity. Everything is as it should be. The next Pasuk tells us, Already at the second Pasuk of the Torah, at the second iteration of divine wisdom in its purity, we already come in contact with the deep and existential reality that the Jewish people will experience exile. Which for our psychology should mean that the exile that we find ourselves in is not some deviation from what Hashem wanted. It's not chas v'shalom some mistake. But rather it's part and parcel of the fabric of reality. The word choshech, the word darkness, is associated with the kingdom of Yavan. And the reason for this we already see in the Al-Hanisim prayer. That Yavan wanted to cause us to forget our Torah. Torah And our rabbis and the Svar Makadoshim point out that Shechacha, or forgetfulness, is the same letters as Choshech, is the same letters as darkness. To the point that Chazal say, Choshech ze Yavan. Because they attempted to darken the eyes of the Jewish people and cause them to forget their Torah. What Yavan wanted to do to the Jewish people was force them into the darkness of this worldly reality. And forgive me for a minute to enter into that difficult space that all of us experience both on a particular level as well as a collective level. But again, following the path of the Maharal, we have to feel the pain before we can understand the beauty that comes out of the pain. Choshech doesn't simply mean darkness. 
Choshech means all of the difficulties that each and every Jewish individual has experienced from the beginning of time till the coming of Mashiach. Both on a personal level, whether it's questions of Parnassah, Shalom Bayis, child rearing, Kavana, feelings of hope and excitement in Avodah Hashem, anxiety, worry about current events, worry about anti-Semitism. Choshech is that deep descent into what it means to live in a world where the presence of godliness seems to be occluded, seems to be concealed. And that's what, Chosh, that's what Yavan wanted to drown us in. Yavan wanted to say to the Jewish people, all that there is in this world is Choshech. There's darkness. There's forgetfulness. You remember Matan Torah? Hashem has forgotten it because of the Chet HaEgel. <coughs> On Friday night we say, Zikaron my Seberatius. You remember my Seberatius? Yavan says, no, the world was not created by God. It was created by accidental causes. Yavan wanted to drown us in the darkness of this worldly experience. And they were brilliant because as we know it in our own individual hearts, it's all too easy to find ourselves stuck in the darkness of our lives, in the darkness of our particular experiences, as well as the darkness of the collective experience of what it means to be a Jewish individual. Lev Yodea Maras Nafsho. Each and every individual in the recesses of their own heart understands what Choshech means. It doesn't simply mean a physical darkness or an occlusion of light or a concealment of light as the sun sets, the sun of reason that descends onto the horizon, leaving us to wonder about in the nocturnal reality of the outside of the night. But it also means all of those things that we find difficult for ourselves. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov describes the notion of choshech, of darkness, as prevention, as all of those things which we're struggling to engage in. And his proof text for this is the Akedah. After Avram Avinu offers up Yitzchak by the Akedah and the Malachim come and HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and announces that you don't have to go through with this, the Pasuk says that Hashem says, You haven't held back your child from me. Rabbi Nachman says that the allusion here is to the sense that every choshech that a person experiences means any prevention we encounter, any time we feel the need to hold back from something that we would like to engage in. When we say, we say to Hashem, we want a week, chashuchim mikol chet. Chashuchim means removed from all chet. But the notion of choshech is still going to be the same definition, which means being removed or held back from that which we want. That's what Yavan wanted to drown us in. Yavan wanted to say that this God that you believe in, this religion that you believe in, this experience that you believe in, is darkness. It's not true. And what the Hashmanaim did, in the most Jewish sense of the word, is that not only did we overcome our enemies, but we took our enemies' plan, we took our enemies' conception of what we were struggling with, and we worked with it to the point that we were able to show them that not only are you wrong, but the specific point that you're pointing out that we're struggling with is where our strength lies. That the Bnei HaChashmanaim taught us that on Hanukkah, what we celebrate is the fact that Yovan wanted to drown us in an external darkness. A darkness of the nighttime of this world which is associated with the descent of the sun, where we can no longer recognize one person from another where we can no longer identify our goals and we're stuck in that mundanity and the anxiety of day-to-day experience. 
the Bnei Chashmonaim and the Jews for the rest of history have shown that not only are you wrong that Choshech doesn't prevent us from serving God, but Choshech is very often the deepest way that we access HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because what, the, what Chashmonaim showed is that in the space of darkness that we experience, when we encounter concealment, when we encounter things that are beyond our rational conception, we are encountering a relationship with God that exceeds rational thought. When we talk about Choshech and Kedusha, when we talk about darkness, we're talking about a light that is so bright, that is so beyond what the human mind can conceive of, that it blinds us in our consciousness. That the highest and loftiest place that we can come to engaging with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoshev Choshech Sisro. Is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu guards himself in a concealing darkness. And that our emuna and our ability to proceed in a world that seems to be shadowed in that mundane darkness which is the absence of light is in truth rooted in the highest level of Kedusha, the highest level of Choshech de Kedusha, of holy darkness, which tells us that no matter how high we go on the rungs of holiness, no matter how high we reach on the rungs of trying to connect to Hashem, it will always be dark to our eyes because we cannot ever conceive the true nature of the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What I want to read first is going to be a teaching from Rav Tzadok HaKohen Melublin. If I allow myself to go on a tangent on Rav Tzadok HaKohen Melublin, I will keep you guys here for two hours and I'll lose my entire possibility of giving anything over coherent. So I'm simply going to say that Rav Tzadok HaKohen Melublin is one of the deepest voices of our tradition who not only spoke the secrets of the universe, but also understood the secrets of what it means to be an individual in the worlds of modernity, in the worlds where the apparent occlusion of God is ever-present. Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melublin quite literally spent his lifetime writing in an attic. I'm doing it as I'm telling myself not to do it. <laughs> Rav Tzadak HaKohen spent his life writing thousands and thousands of pages of Chidushe Torah. She'in kamohu. Nobody was Machadesh like Rav Tzadak HaKohen was Machadesh. But nevertheless, Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melublin's words not only speak to the past, but they speak to the present and the future as well. We're looking at the Sefer Resise Laila. And this is going to be an Osiyot Zion. And I'm only going to read parenthetically. I'm not going to read through the whole teaching. He says as follows. Hasagas hagiloi rak mitoch Grasping revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, grasping the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is only through concealment. Kederach she'amru, like Chazal have taught us, not Chazal, it's in Zara Chadash, in Chela Gimel, Mandi Yosef B'tza'ara, somebody who sits in pain, is able to taste pleasure. And when the person is engaged in the experience of pleasure, someone comes over and says, where do you get this pleasure from? The individual will be able to respond, Oh, I get this pleasure because I understand what pain is. That's what Rav Sadok is basing this teaching on. That the power of Choshech comes about because of what comes afterwards. Ha'oyneg nimshach rak min ha'hepoch. Pleasure in godliness, dveikus, 
Tanug doesn't mean what it meant for the Balatanya. It doesn't mean what it meant for the Grot. Tanug in our times means the belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in our lives, both individually and collectively. And that the dark news that we hear and the difficulties that we go through are part of a great picture that will eventually lead to the coming of Mashiach, that is the Tainug. The Tainug of a Jew is the belief that no matter what darkness there is, I can still find the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. Oneg only emerges out of the opposite of Oneg, out of pain, out of difficulty, out of confusion, out of the darkness of our own minds. V'zehu yisron ha'or keshehu min ha'choyshech. This is based on the Pasuk in Koheles, the elevation of light that emerges specifically out of darkness itself. Kiyadua, as it is known, that the greatest pleasure only comes out of the deep descent into the opposite of pleasure. And Rav Tzadok HaKohen continues and he says, This is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. In the beginning it was dark. That darkness was not an occlusion of light. It was a darkness that was so saturated with light that it blinded us. That when we tried to look at the source, when we tried to conceive of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the reality that we know is true in the moments of connectivity that we have, whether it's when we're watching our children play or when we overcome a question in Chazal or when we have a Nakuda of Shalom Bayis with our spouses, that Nakuda of Oneg, that Nakuda of joy, only comes out of the deep awareness that there's a darkness that preceded it. And Rav Tzadak HaKohen continues and he says as follows. He says that this is the concept of Yeshech Choyshech Sisro, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu garbs himself in darkness. He conceals himself in darkness. She'HaKadosh Baruch Hu mistater ha-choyshech, that Hashem hides within the darkness. That doesn't mean that Hashem is the light that pushes the darkness away. That's what we know from our Chinuch. And naturally, that if you want to find light, push the darkness away and you'll find light. That's a real mahalach, like the Chovetz HaLevavos tells us, Me'at min ha'or A little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness. That's a gevaldika level and it's absolutely true. But what Rav Tzaduk is saying is something deeper, that Hashem is in the darkness itself and the darkness is Hashem. Those places where our minds are confounded and confused because of what we see, forces us into a place of emuna that is above seichel that is above our rational conception of the world, and it forces us to recognize that faith is the only way forward. And emunas chabalelos, if there was absolute knowledge, there would be no need for faith. Faith is dependent and contingent upon the darkness that precedes it. The fact that as a human being, I cannot know things absolutely, that my mind is darkened in relationship to the true source of light, is what perpetually pushes me forward in the infinite quest of faith, of emuna. That at the end of the day, the deepest connection that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the emuna that within the darkness there is light. And according to the intensity and the power of the darkness and the concealment, So too, Synonymous with that darkness is the level of light that a person is capable of engaging in, specifically out of that darkness. Now when Yavan came to say that your God is dark, the world is dark, there's no light in the world, Hashmonaim said, 
not only are you wrong, but we're going to descend deeply into the darkness of the day-to-day experiences, and we're going to show you that the deepest hidden resources of infinite light are found specifically in those moments where things are difficult, yet we push through and we pile through and we show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there as well. One of the concepts that is true throughout the Svarim that a person is going to learn is that Choshech is not simply the absence of light. The Mechkarim, the scientists of the time that Chazal were speaking and that our Tzaddikim were speaking, saw darkness as the absence of light. That when light is not present, then the forces of darkness emerge. And the forces of darkness, again, are all of those things that go bump in the night. All of those things that we're afraid of in the innermost recesses of our own heart. But the Vilna Gon, the Gra, the Gra points us out in numerous places. He points this out in Bereshis in Adaras Eliyahu, in his Perish Torah. But it's more explicit in the writings at the Likutim at the end of his Perish on Sefer Yitzira, on the Book of Creation. And what I'm trying now is I'm reading more from sources to show that what I'm saying is not simply my own mind, but that it's rooted very deeply in the words of the Tzadikim. I'm going to read to you the words of the Vilna Gon in the Likutim in the back of Sefer Yetzirah. The Vilna Gon says as follows, Darkness is an existence. Hashem created the concept of darkness. Darkness is not simply the absence of light or difficulty, but darkness is a concept that Hashem has placed in the world. Amar li pe'el pe'bezehalashon. Rav Chaim Velazhiner. The Rosh Hashiva Velazhin. So we understand who we're talking about here. We're not talking about some mystic who had no association with the fundamentals of what it meant to be a Jew in the world. We're talking about an individual who had a deep relationship with Pedimia Satora as well as Chitzonia Satora. Rav Chaim Velazhiner writes as follows. He says, I heard Pe'el Pe from my Rebbe. And there were very few Talmidim who heard Pe'el Pe from the Grah. It was specifically the Talmidim who were able to see the face of the Grah, who had the most to say in terms of Kabbalah. It was Rav Yitzhak Isaac Chaver, Rav Menachem Mendel of Shklov, and Rav Chaim Velazhiner. The other Talmidim who didn't see the Vilna Gon are the ones who perpetuated a certain sense that the Grah had a distance from Pinimiyas Torah. Rav Chaim Velazhiner writes as follows, Darkness is not absence like the Minim have described. It's a wondrous creation. And what they bring about their proof that Choshech is simply the absence of light, we have no dealings with their reasoning. They haven't spoken properly. Choshech, darkness is a creation. We say every night at Mariv, Yotzer Oru Bare Choshech. Hashem has formed light and created darkness. Now, whether a person has an Aleph Bez education in the writings of the Arizal, or a person wants to look at the first teaching of the Ramban al Torah, it's abundantly clear that according to the Torah, the level of Bria, the concept of creation, ex nihilo, of creating something from nothing, is of a loftier level than Yitzira, which is forming something that is already present. So the question that all of the Mikubala masks from the Arizal down to the our generation's iterations of Kabbalah is why in the world is Choshech, darkness, associated with a higher level than light? 
because light is associated with Yitzira, which is forming something out of something that has already been created, while darkness is conceived of as something that is emerging out of itself. So this is what the Gra is telling to Rav Chaim Velazhener. He says, Ki Darkness is a creation. Like the Pasuk says, Yotzer Oru Rotsalomar, meaning to say that the word creation is more delicate, is more spiritual than the word of formation, than the word of Yetzira. And so too when it comes to darkness, darkness is loftier than light. And the Grah continues to say that light is only allowed in places that we allow for light. But darkness emerges everywhere. Darkness fills the world unless you push against it. And just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu fills the world, so too darkness fills the world. Because the loftier we go along the rungs of understanding Hashem in this world, the more and more it becomes apparent to us that we can never understand, rationally speaking, where Hashem is in the world. How the difficulties that we go through on the day-to-day experience, as well as the collective experience. Chazal have the most profound conception of suffering ever. I have a lot of clients in the work that I do in addiction in St. Louis who are very interested in what Buddhism has to offer. Very interested because Buddhism has a, a conceptual conception. It's a reiteration. My dad will point that out to me after. A conception of the fact that suffering is a natural reality in the world. But Chazal, and I tell this to my clients all the time. I just don't say it in the name of Chazal. Chazal obliterate their conception of the Buddhist notion of suffering. Chazal say, what is suffering? You want to know what suffering is? You put your hand into your pocket and you expect 75 cents and you find 74 cents. That is enough suffering for an individual to recognize that they are a Bal Yisurin. Because any time a Jew experiences any level of discomfort or pain in the world is enough of a reason for us to question, where is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Why in the world should we be suffering in 2019? Why in the world should we not be in the place that we need to be in? That is enough to understand the notion of suffering. And the concept of suffering that we experience is rooted in the fact that we can't find HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We can't see Hashem there. But Choyshech, the concept that Hashem reveals Himself in darkness, is because Hashem is so lofty, is so beyond our rational conception, that it seems to us that it's absence, it's darkness. But it's specifically in that darkness, specifically in that inability of our rational minds to conceive of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we find the deepest connection to Hashem. Yavan is famously associated with Greek philosophy. Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, they had remarkable things to say about the world, about the individual, and about the human being. The only problem was that for them to see wisdom, it had to be removed from the concept of the infinite. It had to be disconnected from the wondrous power of a god. Yavan needed everything to be apparent based on the scientific notions of the individual. And that Choshech that Yavan wanted to drown us in, they said, where is your God? Where are you? We're the ones abusing you. You're hiding to keep Shabbos. You're hiding to do bris milah. You're hiding to celebrate Rosh Chodesh. Where is your God? Where is he? Clearly he's not present. And what Chazal have done for us has showed us that yes, Yavan, you're right. We might not rationally understand where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. But it's specifically in the super-rational sense of faith. The sense of faith that goes beyond knowledge, that goes beyond rational understanding, 
that gives us the capacity to continue to have faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even in the Choyshech HaKaful Umechupa, like the Lubavitcher Rebbe would say. The darkness that has doubled over itself. Or the deep darkness that the Vilna Gon describes. When we light Hanukkah candles, the Hanhaga of both the Gra as well as the Baal Shem Tov is to say the Pizmon, to say the capital of Yoshev Beseser Elyon. That he who sits in concealment. When we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits in concealment, what we mean is that even though our rational minds cannot conceive of where Hashem is right now, nevertheless our emuna in the wondrous power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu exceeds the rational knowledge of Greece. That deep relationship or that abysmal separation between Athens and Jerusalem, which philosophers have been trying to understand for time immemorial, is settled when a Jew lights the Hanukkah candles and says, Yoshev B'Seser Elyon, God sits in concealment. Our tzaddikim have pointed out that when you break up the word Elyon, what you can read that pismon as is Yoshev B'Seser Al Yavan. That it's specifically when we sit in concealment, specifically when we realize that our rational minds cannot fully grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu or the way He runs the world, that is our victory over Yavan. It is our embrace of the confusion of what it means to be a Jew in the world. Our embrace of the realization that darkness is not gone yet. Darkness is still abundantly present in our lives, as we're beginning to see once again Hashem Yirachim. That the darkness is not in opposition to our faith, but it rather becomes the clee to our faith. The more darkness we encounter, the more light we're able to bring into that darkness to show that gam mimcha, that even darkness doesn't conceal you. That's what we're doing when we light the Hanukkah candles. That's what we're doing when we kindle the menorah to say that Hashem, it would be easy to turn on the light right now. It would be easy to deny darkness. It would be easy to pretend that everything was beseder and A-OK. But what we're doing time and time again is we're illuminating the darkness itself. We're showing that the darkness gives us light. Because when a person descends into the darkness of what it means to be a Jew in 2019, which is the same darkness that it meant to be Avram Avinu when he saw the entire world on fire, the same questions that he was asking are the same questions we're asking. Where are you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Where are you in this darkness? It's specifically in the descent into the darkness, deeper into it where we realize that there's light embedded deeply in that darkness, which is too bright for our eyes to see. It's a light that will only be revealed And when we kindle the menorah, when we light the menorah, specifically where? Specifically at the entrance of our home towards Rishus Harabim that place of concealment, that place of multiplicity, that place of distraction where we feel that nothing is unified and everything is disparate and nothing is speaking truth. It's specifically there that we have to light the Hanukkah candles. It's specifically on the left side. It's specifically in the place of darkness and concealment. It's specifically lower than the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's where we light the Hanukkah candles. Every other Yontif is associated with the morning. But on Hanukkah, we're saying, Hashem, give us this darkness to illuminate you in an even deeper way. Now, one of the aspects that this comes out most clearly in is the nature of 
Torah Shabal Peh. And I'm only going to do this for about 10 minutes because I have no idea how long I've been speaking for. I don't know how much longer people are able to, to listen to me. But I'm going to go briefly over this. Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melablin, the Arizal, all of our Mikubalim associate Hanukkah as the Zman of Torah Shabal Peh. As the ability for the Jewish people to recognize that Torah Shabal Peh, that the human engagement with Torah is also Kedusha. And again, this is deeply associated with our concept of darkness, because the light is Matan Torah. Torah Shabbat is abundantly clear to us. It's written osios merubos, it's clear to us. But when it comes to Torah Shabbat, when it comes to our understanding of the divine will, that's where we become murky, that's where it becomes a machlokas or difficulty. And again, during the time of the Yavanim attack on Bnei Yisrael, is as Rav Moshe Shapiro's Chusei has expressed so many times and more and more writings are coming out, that the first machlokas in Chazal emerges during the time of Yavan. Torah Shvalbeh comes down on Hanukkah. It's the last mitzvah that the rabbis have incorporated into the mitzvahs that we have to accomplish. It's the last yontif. It's not even able to be written. One of the notions of Torah Shvalpeh is exactly what we've, what we've been discussing. And what I'm not going to read from tonight, but if anybody wants more access to this, the Mitla Rebbe, the second Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rav Dovber Schneerson, the Admor HaEmsai, who like no other tzaddik beyond maybe the Gra and Rabbi Nachman descended into darkness in order to show more light. The Admor HaEmsai has an arichas on this and Rav Huttner bases himself off of the Admor HaEmsai but Kedar Chabakodesh, Rav Huttner would not quote the sources that he was getting it from because he wanted yeshivish individuals to listen to the words of Hasidus. This was the godless of, of Rav Huttner. Rav Huttner's godless on a certain level was that he was drawing down the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, the Torah of Ishbitz and Radzin, the Torah of Chabad Hasidus, as is apparent from his Talmidim. Rav Elia Weintraub, the biggest Lithuanian Makubal who ever existed in our last 100 years, deeply drew everything he had from the writings of the Balatanya and the Mitla Rebbe, but he wanted to show that the Mitla Rebbe and the Balatanya were saying the same thing as the Vilna Gon. This is the Torah of our generation. Rav Kuk's Chusay Ganalinu said, The conversation between the students of the Vilna Gon and the students of the Baal Shem Tov will be very good at the end of times, because it will bring the end of times. Torah Shaval Peh is engagement with darkness. <laughs> the Pasuk says that you have re- given me life in darkness like the dead of the world. Chazal say, Zu Talmud Bavli. This is the Babylonian Talmud. Sakasha. What in the world are you talking about, Chazal? Torah is light. How can you say that Talmud Bavli is darkness? And what the Mitla Rebbe says so deeply in Shari Ora is that the darkness of Torah Shvalpet are the steros and the kashas that we have, the difficulties that we confront, the confusion that we confront when we're trying to understand one thing over another. I once said to somebody that Gemara is the greatest introduction to living in a world where questions outweigh answers and where darkness outweighs light and where doubts outweigh clarity. That learning Sugyos and Chazal teaches us that it's specifically in the darkness that we can find HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
Comes Hanukkah, we re-engage with the Koyach of Torah Shbalpeh, the Koyach of recognizing that it's specifically in the kashas and the difficulties that we have, in the darkness that we experience, in that concealment that we have in our own individual lives, that we have the capacity of revealing the greatest level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that great level of ore that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals to us. And Rafutner says as follows, Rafutner says at the end of Maimur Gimel in, in Hanukkah, we return at the end to the beginning of the words. Again, the poetry of Rafutner is not something separate from his Torah, it's part and parcel of his Torah. Somebody who wants to try and translate Rafutner in a non poetic way can never understand Rafutner. This is something that he drew from his Rebbe Rav Kook. This machlokas, this concept of confusion and difficulty, is found even in our generation, and it comes directly from Malchus Yavan. But what we showed in our victory over Yavan is not only can we overcome your darkness, but we're going to show how your darkness ennobles our avoda. The redemption of, of Hanukkah through the hands of the Basin of the Chashmanaim, who nitzachon ala choshech Yavan. It's a victory over the darkness of Yavan. Al yidei hotzaas haor mitzoycha choshech atzmo. Specifically by showing that the darkness itself is where the light comes from. Not that we push the darkness away to reveal light, but rather we descend deeply into the darkness to show that even darkness is light. The difficulties and the machlokas in Chazal, in Gemara, are what give us the ability to learn Torah. Everybody knows that learning Torah is arguing. That great power of the Jewish people to answer a question with a question is specifically because that Yavan occluded the light of Torah. They occluded the clarity of Torah. Through the forgetfulness of Torah. But Rafutner says, in truth, what we showed is bitula zuhi kiyuma. The negation of Torah, what Yavan thought would be the end of Torah, was in truth what gave birth to more Torah. Because ba'od shemafalasam shal bavel umade haise amnan refua l'shibut shalkanasis Israel. By other gullusim, our overcoming of them was enough. We defeated them and we didn't die at their hands. And that was enough of a victory. When it comes to Yavan, we showed that even in the attack, the Rafu was already there. That we take what they were doing to us and we show that those are the Kolchas of Kedusha. And Rafutner continues and he says, we show that within the forgetfulness itself, there grows an abundance of Torah, a need to learn more Torah and to write more Torah. That the darkness itself becomes a vessel to reveal more light. That is what we're celebrating come Hanukkah. We're celebrating the fact that even in the darkest places of our lives, even in those times where we feel that rational knowledge can no longer have a relationship with what is true and what is not true, we have the ability of descending very deeply into the darkness to show that the darkness is nothing other than a garment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what this means on a practical level and what this will end is that any time a Jewish individual feels a loss of hope, a struggle, anxiety, relationship issues, Parnassah issues, problems with finding Bren in learning Torah, 
All it means is that a person needs to descend deeper into that experience to reveal that even in Choshech there's light. Because the way Hashem wanted to create the world was with light. Hashem wanted us to find Him in the light. What the Jewish people have done, and this is what Hashem wanted us to do, is to experience darkness and to come back to Hashem and say, guess what Hashem? You created us in a world of light and darkness emerged. You're not only found in light, you're also found in darkness. And when we're able to show Hashem that He's also found in darkness, we multiply and we potentiate the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We show that not only are you found in the light of Emuna, but you're also found in the darkness and the difficulty of our times. Do I have one more minute? Sure. <laughs> I want to read to you from something that emerges. The concept of a Jewish philosopher was not, well, rather a philosopher of Judaism was not something possible before Hanukkah. Before Hanukkah, Athens and Jerusalem stood at opposite spectrums of the world. The victory of Hanukkah was that we can take even the vessels of philosophy and show that they are Malay Vigadush with Kedusha. What I'm going to read to you from right now is quite possibly the foremost of those Jewish philosophers who were not simply Jewish, but they were also philosophers of Judaism. His name was Immanuel Levinas. Immanuel Levinas gave shirim on Rashi every Shabbos in France, and he also gave shirim on Gemara. Now he was by no means a Talmud Chacham at all. His drashos on Gemara are somewhat meaningless, but they're remarkable because he learned from a certain enigmatic Mansur Shoshani, a certain enigmatic French individual who was a Talmud of Rav Kook, most likely. I happen to have just been in Oakland for a Shabbos to speak, and there's a house that someone pointed out to me that there, that was the house of Hillel Rahmani, who was a Talmud of Rav Kook. And the legend goes that that was Mansur Shoshani, Mansur Shoshani who traveled around Europe teaching individuals like Eli Wiesel, Emmanuel Levinas, and famous secular Jews the power of Torah Shabbat the power of drawing light out of darkness, the power of finding an answer within Akasha itself. Levinas passed away on Hanukkah. Levinas died on Hanukkah. Levinas's entire life was to fight against the philosophers of Esav, a name that I'm not even going to mention nowadays. But what I want to read to you is from an essay, The Light and the Dark, which is about Hanukkah. He says as follows, Hanukkah is therefore for us a miracle of a light richer than the energies feeding it. Which means to say a light that is not based on rational knowledge. A light that exceeds what we conceive of as being possible. It is the miracle of the more within the less. Now here he's drawing directly on a chiddush of Chazal of miyotamachzik asamaruba, or the aron eno minamida that there can be a potency of things even in a place that can't even contain that potency. The chashmanayim resistance is also the light detached from its material sources. We don't know where this light comes from, but the Talmudic text restores to a national war a war of defending a culture, the genius that invites the previously unheard of. Even though everything has already been said, the love that is inflamed, even though the loved one is not perfect, the will that undertakes to do something despite the paralyzing obstacles in its way, the hope that lights up a life in the absence of reason for hope. Nobody has said such a thing since Rabbi Nachman. The hope that lights up life in the absence of reason for hope, the patience that bears what can kill it, 
the abiding koyach of the Jewish people to survive that choshech that Yavan thought would destroy it and to show that that choshech is what gives us life. It concerns the infinite resources of the spirit that as a creator surpasses the prudence of techniques. Without calculation, without past, it joyously pours forth its feelings in space, freely and prodigiously entering into the cause of the other. Come Hanukkah, what we're doing is we're being Moser Nefesh even when the rational mind doesn't conceive of it. Even when the world is dark and our homes are dark and our hearts are dark, we light these tiny flames not to get rid of the darkness, but to illuminate the darkness. To force the darkness to shine a deeper level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is not even possible of being revealed in the light. And Be'ezus Hashem, when we engage in the lights of Hanukkah, when we engage in this darkness in our own lives and in the collective history of the Jewish people, we will contain and retain and maintain the Amuna that there is a light that is going to be born out of the darkness that is sevenfold of what we could have conceived. Thank you.